Well, hey, I want to thank you for joining me on this new series that we're launching called Stand. Now, if we ever need to stand, it is today. We are living in a time of unprecedented evil in our land. And I think you would concur with me that most of us want to shut our ears and our eyes to the media and to the world and to all the craziness. But do you know that the Bible tells us that we can stand during times like this, that we are to stand in times like this? I sat down with some of my staff and began to pray and talk, and we really realized that we need as believers to equip you. I, as a pastor, need to equip you with biblical scriptures where you take the authority that the Bible gives us to stand. So one of our staff members said, why don't we do a, steer, a series where you're coaching us on the passage in Ephesians, Ephesians 6, on the weapons of our warfare. And let's stand together. So I want to thank you for joining us. We're going to take the next six weeks and we're going to look into the Word of God. I'm going to give you a lot of information. So what I want you to do right now is I want you to, first of all, feel free to get a paper and pencil right now if you don't have it, to get your Bible. And also, this is just a teaching module, you guys. So there'll be times where you're gonna wanna stop and put me on pause and open up your Bible and check out some scriptures. There'll be times where you'll wanna stop and take some notes because this literally is just a teaching series on how to help you know how to stand strong in the evil days to come. So again, welcome, I'm so excited. We're gonna be together for six weeks. And today I'm gonna to talk to you about not only how to stand, but I'm gonna give you a little backstory, a little history of where demonic forces come from and why we need to stand strong. In today's world, as we mentioned, there are all kinds of things coming at us. Now, I am taping this right now in June, and it is, of course, LGBT month. We're seeing gay pride everywhere. A lot of us are struggling with things like, who do we support? What stores do we support? There is a influx of confusion coming right now through the media, and a lot of us are saying, what do we do? Where do we go? What do I say? I'm gonna be honest with you, listen to me. Many of you want to put your head in the sand. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to address it, but I'm telling you that's exactly one of the tactics of the enemy. He wants you to hide. He wants you to run. He wants you to stay neutral. We were never called to stay neutral. We were called to take a stand. And I'm telling you in this series, you're gonna see biblical convictions from, from people in the Word of God. You're going to see scriptures. You're going to learn that this is your time, your watch to make a difference. The first thing I want to say to you is I want you to understand that there is a real enemy out there and his target is on your back. No pun intended target. All right. I'm just telling you right now, the enemy's trying to come after you. So in this series called Spiritual Warfare, How to Take a Stand, I want to talk to you right now about how to know who your enemy is. You have to know who your enemy is. Listen, the battle has been raging since the Garden of Eden. This is not a new battle. This isn't something new that's just happening in our day. It started in Genesis 3 with Eve. Now, again, I told you I'm going to be coaching you. I'm going to kind of be your, your spiritual coach through this series. So, again, there'll be times where you'll want to pause me, get your Bible, read through some scriptures. So please feel free to do that. 
But let's start by looking at the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible, the third chapter. Now, many of us know the story. This is actually when Satan comes and he begins to dialogue with Eve. Number one, never dialogue with the devil. That's not who you're supposed to be having a conversation with. So the enemy comes and he begins to talk to Eve. Now he's wise enough and he knows enough that God told Eve, you can have all the trees in the garden, but do not eat of this tree, this particular tree, the knowledge of good and evil, because God did not want Adam and Eve to have to listen, this is good, discern good from evil. Do you know before they ate of that tree, they did not have the knowledge of good and evil like we have. They only knew favor. They only knew protection. They only knew good. God was keeping them from having to know good from evil, from choosing one over the other. So the enemy, what's he going to do? He's not going to be any different with you than he was with Eve. He's going to come the very area where God tells us to stay away from, and he's going to come and deceive you confuse you and tempt you. So he comes to Eve and he goes, did God really say? So he will always challenge the word of God, always. You're reading through the word of God and in your heart you're going, I don't know, is that really true? Which by the way, next week you don't want to miss it because we're going to put on the belt of truth and we're going to talk about how to know truth because the enemy's going to always try to come and confuse you with truth. So he starts to test her, did God really say? And what is her first mistake? Dialoguing with the devil. She should not have even gone into a conversation with him, but she did. And she begins to say, well, God said for me not to eat of this tree. And then he takes it a little deeper. You know why God said that? Because he's trying to keep all the good from you. Because he knows the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, opened knowing good from evil. And you will be like God. Listen to me right now. Every one of us want to be like God. We want to be our own God. We want to choose good from evil for ourselves, And it's no different for us than it was for Eve. And so all of a sudden she goes, gosh, maybe God's trying to keep something from me. Hmm. Maybe I should taste this and begin to discern for myself what's good and evil. And so she listened to the devil. She took of it. And the Bible says the moment she ate, that her eyes were open, knowing good from evil. And I love this because the Bible's so clear. The minute she knew, she knew what she had done. Sin, for the first time, had come into humanity. And she had introduced sin. And look what the Bible says in uh, verse 13. It says, And the Lord said to the woman, What is this you have done? And her response was, The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The first thing you have to see is Satan is coming to deceive you. We are living in a day of deception like I've never seen in my lifetime. There is a spirit of delusion. There is a spirit of deception. There is a, a spirit of evil. And so many of us, just like she was in the garden, are confused with good and evil. What's good, what's evil? And we have to go back to the word of God and know it. But do you know it wasn't just Eve? Do you know that Satan did the same thing with Job? We see it in the Bible where literally all these 
it says that they were sitting around with God. There was a day when the sons of God came and they presented themselves before the Lord. So this is in Job 1, verses 6 through 12. So again, write those verses down. Job 1, verses 6 through 12. There was a day where the sons of God came. They presented themselves before the Lord and Satan came among them. This is why I want to give you a little backstory before we get into Ephesians 6, because I want you to realize the enemy is always going to come. He doesn't even mind coming. Here's a, here are the, the, the sons of God, good, righteous men. Job was a righteous man, and Satan didn't even mind coming and being in the midst of them. He will come to church. Do you know that Satan even goes to church? Do you know that Satan will come even to church and try to discourage you? So he doesn't mind getting in the mix. It's why it's so important that I coach you on this right now. You have to understand that the enemy will try to come to you just like he did Eve and just like he did Job. And he starts to dialogue with God. And he goes, let me tell you why Job is such a righteous man because you put a hedge of protection around him. Let me read you the verse. You need to understand this, it's so good. Because first God says, I like this in verse um, seven, and the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord, this is so good, read your Bible. And Satan answered the Lord, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. I want you to understand Satan is walking to and fro. He is looking for a soft, soft target. He's looking for someone he can come after. And it's no different in our day than it was with Eve or with Job. And the Lord said, this is one of those stories you're like, God, did you really have to bring his name up? Don't ever bring my name up because he said, have you considered my servant Job? Now, I want to talk about this because, again, I want to get into what all this spiritual understanding of, of demonic forces and warfare and humanity and where all this comes from. And Satan says, the reason Job is righteous, listen, is because you've put a hedge of protection. Look what it says in verse 10. Have you not made a hedge around him, God? and around his household and all that he has on every side. Praise God, there is a hedge of protection around us. And Satan knows that we, as his children and those that fear God, have a hedge of protection. And he says, you have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions, and you have increased his land. God, you've given favor to Job. No wonder he walks with you. Well, first of all, the first thing you need to know is there is a hedge of protection around you. There is favor over your possessions. Can I get an amen and thank you, Jesus? But then he said, let me tell you what, Satan says to God, if you lift that hedge around him, I'll bet you he'll curse you. Well, here's what God knew about Job. God knew that Job feared him. God knew that Job followed him. And God knew that he was the resource for Job. And the reason I want to introduce this to you is because I want you to understand spiritual warfare has been going on from Eden to Job's time and to your time. You see, Job was a contemporary of Abraham. So often when we look in our Bible, we read all of these um, characters and these books of the Bible before Job. But if you, you can't put it in chronological order because Job was actually a contemporary of Abraham. So this would have been very, at the very beginning of our Bible. And the reason I chose this is because I want you to realize the attacks of the enemy aren't anything new. If he comes after Eve and he comes after Job, he's going to come after you. But the story is so beautiful because even though he tried to take Job out, 
and he brought all kinds of harm on him. He, he took out his wife and he brought harm to his children and he did all these things. God said, you cannot take the life of my servant. Satan, you cannot touch my servant Job. And here's the beautiful part, and I want you to know this, guys, because the truth is, I want to be honest with you, I can't promise you that you're not going to go through adversity. I cannot promise you that you're not going to go through difficulty and struggle and hurt and harm. I cannot promise you that. But what I can promise you, the God of the universe that knows you by name has put a hedge, a protection around you. And I'm going to walk you through Ephesians 6, and I'm going to teach you how to stand strong and how to put on the full armor of God so you can stand against the wiles of the enemy. You're asking me, gosh, Tammy, why in the world are you showing us all of this evil first? Because it is real. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm not trying to run from the passages that aren't always happy passages. I'm trying to show you as just like the enemy came to the saints in the past, he's going to try to come to you. So I want you to review these passages and read these passages. And in Job, you know what the beautiful part of this, stay with me, is God blessed him in his later years a hundredfold what he had in his former years. He stood strong. God blessed him with a family. God blessed him with resources, with health, and with goodness. And if you stay the course, if you stand strong, even in adversity, what I love about this, if you read the last chapter of Job, this is what Job says. I knew of you with the hearing of the ear but I did not know you with the scene of the eye. Job would be the first to tell you that the adversity in my life is what pressed me in, pushed me in, opened my eyes to things of God. Look, I'm not asking for a simple life. I want a godly life. And I'm going to be the first to sit here and tell you, I have been through adversity. I have been through difficulty. I have been through pain. And I have been through things that I don't understand. But I will tell you that those adversities pressed me in deeper. They opened my eyes to the supernatural realm of God. They caused me to pray. They caused me to exercise my faith. Why do we need to stand in this day? Why do we need to put on the full armor? Because we do have an adversary. His name is Satan, the liar, evil. We're going to talk about all the names of the enemy in a minute, but he's going to try to target me. But listen, I'm going to stand strong because I do know that God has equipped me in these days, these evil days that are coming to say no to the enemy and yes to God. I'm getting excited. I don't know about you. And it's important for, for me to coach you on these things. I think so few pastors today are teaching and equipping and coaching their churches on things like Ephesians 6. And I'm telling you, we are in a spiritual war. We are living in possibly last days. And if the church does not know how to stand and be equipped with the full armor, we will fold. We will deny the faith. We will walk away from God. So I'm telling you right now, go back and look at those passages. Take time to read the story of Eve. Take time to read the story of Job and be fully equipped. The enemy is an accuser and a liar, and he's coming after you. You know, the Bible tells us in Revelation 12, verses 9 and 10, listen. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil. So he's the dragon. 
He's the serpent, he's the devil, he's Satan. Those are some of his names and Revelation 12 refers to him. Who look, this is why I'm reading it to you, who deceives the whole world. This is nothing new. He is trying to deceive us, to bring the spirit of delusion over us in these last days. But look what the Bible says. He was cast from the onto the earth with his angels. Do you know that Satan has his angels? They're demons, but it says they were cast out of heaven onto earth, Satan and his angels. And then it goes on and says, then this is John. And he says, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. Listen, for the accuser of the brethren who accused them day and night has been cast out of heaven. That's why I'm trying to give you the backstory before we get to Ephesians 6. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. God knows his name and he cast him down. He cast him out. And we're going to, in a few moments, look at a few passages about Lucifer and how he was cast out of heaven. I was talking to my staff when I was preparing this message and I said, instead of just jumping into Ephesians 6, I want to give you some of the backstory so you will know how to stand strong and stand against the accuser of the brethren. Ephesians 6 is what we're going to be looking at, verses 10 through 18. And I want to talk to you about winning the battle with the enemy. Winning the battle with the enemy. Hey friend, you are going to battle the enemy every day. He's going to manifest himself through your loved ones, your children, your job, your health, your finance. But I want you to know we do not war against flesh and blood. We war against principalities and powers. And we're going to talk about that. Did you know that God gives his children insight, wisdom, and revelation? If you have followed me for very long in any of my prayer walks, you know that I've coached you and I've told you those are the three things that I pray every single day on a prayer walk. Every morning I put on my sneakers and I take off down my hill and that's the first thing out of my mouth. God give me insight, wisdom, and revelation. You must learn to pray that right now. Listen to me. You've got to ask God to give you insight to show you what you do not see to give you wisdom to know how to discern it, articulate and what to do with it, and wisdom, how to move, our, our, our revelation, how to move in the days ahead. I'm talking to you, I'm coaching you, I'm giving you some good information, but you know what, this isn't just my journey. You have to practice it. You have to learn it. You have to be equipped. You have to practice this thing we call the biblical Christian walk, our faith with God how to fight and how to win. First of all, remember, listen, write these down. I hope you're taking notes. We do not fight for victory. We fight from victory. Write that down right now. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. The victory has already been ours. It's already been given to us. It's been won on Calvary. When Jesus died on that cross, he won for your victory. So I don't want you to get up every day and feel like I'm fighting for victory today. My friend, it's already been won in the supernatural realm. Victory is yours. You pull it down from heaven. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So it's got to start with a mindset for you. I am a victor. I am 
a victor. The victory has been won. Are you with me? Because if not, you're going to be defeated. You're going to feel discouraged. You're going to feel the battles bigger than what you can handle. Always say and decree and declare every day, the victory has been won. You see, we have an opponent and I want you to write down, this is the evil trinity. Oh, we've got so much. They're giving me clocks telling me that I'm at 20 minutes already. Stay with me, guys. I'm in the studio right now. We got so much more to say, so stay with me. We might go a little longer today. This is the evil trinity. It is the world, the flesh, and the devil. Can you say with me, the world, the flesh, and the devil? I'm going to give you some scriptures on this right now. In 1 John 2, 15 through 17, this is the world. The Bible says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life are not from the Father, but of the world. And in this world, the lust of the flesh, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Now that doesn't mean this world that you're living in, like the birds and the mountains and the and the clouds and it's the world system. Listen to me. It's the world system. It's the way the world says you think and operate. You succumb to this world system, this world mindset. That is one of your enemies. One of the people that you need to do war with is the world system where they tell you, eh, we're living gay pride. Can't we just all get along? Can't we just embrace everyone? No, we can't because you must take a stand for what you believe. So the world system is one of the opponents that you have to do war with. Are you with me? But then the second one I want you to see is the flesh, the flesh. In 1 Peter 2, 11, the Bible says, Beloved, I beg you, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims to abstain from fleshly lust which war against your soul. Every day you're going to have a lustly, fleshly thought. Be honest, you do. Anger, temptation, something physical, lying, stealing, cheating, whatever it is, something in your flesh is going to want to war against you. You have to know how to do battle and say no to the enemy, which is your flesh. And then third opponent is the devil himself. In 1 Peter 5, 8, the Bible tells us, look, be sober be sober. That means have an accurate mind. Make sure your mind is sober. Be vigilant. I love, just read the word of God. It's so convicting. Be vigilant. That's so good. That means do something. Don't just stand around doing nothing. Be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Your enemy is the flesh the devil and this worldly system. So know who you're doing war with. But you know, the Bible tells us in John 10, 10, the thief comes to rob, steal and destroy. But God said, listen, don't forget this, but I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. This is a lot I know already, but I want you to know right now, I want you to know, yes, we're in a war, but you are a victor. God told us that he's overcome the world and the world system. Greater, as I said, is he in you than he that is in the word. You are a victor. Now we're going to get a little deeper in this, so stay with me. The definition of stand, and I want you to write this down, means an attitude toward a particular issue or a position taken. 
The reason I'm doing this series right now is I feel, friend, that we have to take a stand. We have to stand strong. Over the last two years since COVID, I have taken a strong stand. Our church has taken a strong stand. Our ministries have taken a strong stand. We have been ridiculed. We've been dissed on. We've been made fun of. And I just say, bring it on. Because in this day, if I don't know what I believe, and if I don't know what I'm willing to take a stand for, then I am just going to be bulldozed over by the enemy. And I mean that. Many of you will take a stand with me. Some of you will watch episode one or two and then go, I don't know, that's a little far for me. And literally the enemy will come and he will deceive you. You will be caught in the wiles of the devil, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But it's incumbent upon every one of us to know the word of God and to take a stand. And I pray you will be one of those people to take a stand. You must know, listen, you must know what you believe with conviction and knowledge. When I wrote that down the other day, I thought, Lord, I have to know what I believe with a deep conviction and with knowledge. You know, many of you know, if you know anything about me, my husband's a pastor of Influence Church, and I'm so blessed to be married to who I am and to have a pastor that studies the Word of God and teaches the Word of God. But you know what? I can't be spoon-fed by him. I have to get in the Word of God myself. I have to read the Word of God. There's days I sit in my chair and I sit, I really do study. I cross-reference. I get, I Google all kinds of commentaries. I have to know with conviction. It can't just be what my husband says or another pastor says, are you listening to me? It can't just be what I say. Take what I'm telling you right now and then you go deeper. Know what you believe, take a stand with conviction and knowledge. It's on you to do that. So we're gonna talk about three things right now. You must choose to be a warrior. You yourself have to choose to be a warrior. No one can be a warrior on their own. It's a choice that you make, but you also must choose the right armor, which for the next few weeks, I'm gonna walk through every piece of the armor and you have to choose to put it on. But this one's important. You have to choose to enlist. Just like any war, you know, I grew up during Vietnam and a lot of my friends chose to go fight for this country and defend this country in Vietnam. They had to be a warrior and they had to choose to enlist. So can I ask you right now, will you enlist with me? Will you enlist in this war to stand not only for America, but to stand for the rights of our children, to stand for the rights of Christians, to stand for the rights of churches? Make no mistake and mark my words, the day is coming where we as a church will literally have to fight for our rights to stay open. We saw a preview of that during COVID. And it's just going to intensify. I'm not trying to bring doom and gloom, but I am telling you, we have to be prepared for the enemy's attacks against the church. You cannot win the battle if you do not get in the fight. You cannot win the battle if you do not get in the fight. This is not a time to be a pacifist. Write that down. This is not a time to be a pacifist. As I said, I went through Vietnam. And there were those who just said, I don't think we should get involved. I don't think we should get in the war. And whatever your thoughts on Vietnam, the point was you cannot be a pacifist today. You have to choose to get in a war. There's a war going on. What stand will you take? The Bible says in verse 10 of Ephesians 6, Finally, my brethren, 
be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He would not have told us to be strong if we could not be strong. Be strong where? In the Lord and the power of his might. It is his might. When I go on my prayer walks, I ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit of the living God. Fill me, Holy Spirit, with your power and your might so I'll have discernment. I'll know what battle to fight. I'll know where to stand. I'll know what to say. I will know the enemy's attacks. Listen, he is trying to deceive me every day. He's trying to bring warfare against me every day. I must stand strong in the power and the might of the Lord. The definition of strong is to be able to withstand with great force or pressure. You have to be able to know forces coming against you in your marriage, in your family, in your convictions. Stand strong with great conviction because the pressure is coming against you. Now, some of you may say, this is not what I signed up for. I just wanted you to take me through a, a sweet little study through the book of Ephesians. But I really felt convicted that if I didn't start strong with you, and I did not tell you that the enemy's trying to take you out, that when you get to putting on the helmet and picking up the shield and the sword and putting on the gospel shoes of peace and all those things that we're getting ready to put on, it's not this sweet little armor, don't I look cute? We are in a war, my friend. And you have to know how to stand against the enemy with each piece of the armor. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3.17, so that the man of God, listen, the man of God would be adequately equipped, adequately equipped for every good work. Do you know Timothy said that we are to be, to be adequately equipped? He cares about us making sure that we have on the warfare, we have on the equipment, we have on the armor. Know the word of God. What's so beautiful about the scripture is chapter after chapter, book after book, author after author are all saying the same thing. We have to know how to do warfare with our enemy. You must start with the truth that you have already won the war. Can you say that with me? I have already won the war. The battle has been won. I love this. You're going into battle with a mindset as a conqueror. You're going into battle with the mindset of the conqueror. So in a few weeks, when we get to putting on the helmet of our salvation, we're going to talk about that. It's a mindset. So when I go on my walks and when I'm praying, I have to have the mindset of a conqueror. I thought this was interesting, this quote that I found. No successful military campaign begins with a vague objective. No general says, we want to generally win more battles than we lose. You need a clear vision of victory to aim from. You must start this battle by knowing that you've already won. You're not going into battle wondering, will I win? You are going into battle knowing you have already won. If you don't start from that presupposition, that conviction, and that mindset, then you will not be prepared for the enemy. A warrior possesses an attitude that guides his daily actions. I get up in the morning and say, I am more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. I've already won the battle. The enemy's gonna try to take me out in my marriage with an argument with my husband, with a disagreement with my child or my colleague. And if I think, oh my gosh, can I win this war? 
then I'm going to wonder if I can win this war. But I say I am more than a conqueror. I've already won. The battle's won, and I'm going to work through the devices, devices of the enemy. Are you with me? It starts with a mindset. It starts by believing it. A warrior understands and accepts that life involves conflicts and requires effort. That's why it's a battle. Yeah, you're going to have battles, but you're going to win the battle. You must decree and declare that you have already won. Listen, I see it, I say it, and I wait for it with knowing that I've already won. That's the mindset. So in our last few moments together, I want to talk to you how to dress for success, how to dress for success, how to put on the full armor of God. In verse 11, the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the wiles of the devil. You don't get to choose which pieces of armor to put on. You put on the full armor of God, the whole armor. Let me talk to you about this, the wiles of the devil. That definition is the trick are the strategy which is intended to ensnare and deceive you. Satan is out there just like he was with Job, just like he was with Eve, and he's walking around trying to deceive you. So he's going to come after you at a weak point in an area that you might be tempted, an area maybe it's fear or anger or dissension. He's going to, because of the wiles of the enemy, he's going to know how to come after you. The wiles of the devil, listen, are those clever schemes used by Satan to ensnare you through temptation, threat, intimidation, frustration, depression, anxiety, or hopelessness. That's how the enemy is going to come after you. He is patient and he will wait. He knows where there's a kink in your armor. He knows where you are weak and he will come after you in those areas, but Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We're going to get to that place where we're going to talk about shields up, how that shield of our faith will extinguish every arrow of the enemy. We're going to talk in the next few weeks how to put on the full armor of God so you will know how to stand against his attack. For we do not wrestle, it tells us in verse 12, against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle. So I want to stop there for a moment. It says we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but it doesn't say we don't wrestle because we do wrestle. He goes on to say, but we wrestle with principalities and powers against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So in conclusion, I want to talk to you in this time together. Here's where the enemy comes after you with principalities. And that's territories that you don't really see. That's where Satan has a rule. It's like how he came to Job. And there are, have you ever kind of walked into an area and you just felt it was dark? And you just felt, there's times where I'm in LA and I just go, there's kind of a feel here that feels dark. That's a principality, that's a power. I want you to realize that Satan has territories and principalities and powers, and he will come after you. You need to get out of those areas as quick as you can. You can entertain thoughts through things like tarot cards, through witchcraft, through things that you say, through evil 
people, through demonic people, and you go, I just kind of feel dirty. I feel this doesn't feel right. Do you know that's entertaining principalities and powers? That's where the enemy will come after you, and you immediately, first of all, need to get away from it, and then you need to plead the blood of Jesus over it and pray your way out of it. Anything evil that has attached itself to you, any person, and just decree it and declare it. You don't have to stay there. That power is not more powerful than you, but do not entertain principalities or powers. And then it also talks about rulers of darkness in this age. I believe that people in our administration and government today, that is exactly what it is. It's demonic, it's principalities, it's powers, it's rulers of darkness. They have strategies. They literally, they are entertaining demonic things for our administration, for our country, for America, for our families, and for our children. I am being as truthful and honest and biblically solid with you and strong with you right now. Pray against these things, spiritual host of wickedness. Pray against them. When I'm on a prayer walk, I pray against spiritual host of wickedness because they're real in this world today. So that's what principalities and powers and demon, demonic forces are. But I want to give you a great verse that's very comforting. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, But I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, or powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is ours in Christ Jesus. There is no principality. There is no power. There's no demonic force. There's no ruler. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. That's what we're going to talk about when we talk about spiritual armor. Put on the spiritual armor of God so you can do battle with the enemy. You can take every thought captive. You can put on the word of God. You can take up the shield and the sword. We're going to talk about all six pieces of armor so you will know how to war against the enemy. I know this was hot and heavy. I know this was a lot for our first session. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of good, really positive things to come. But I felt that I had to start strong with you. I had to give you an overview of what demonic forces are like. And I want you to know, because he talks about the heavenlies, and I'm going to end with this. He says that there's this warfare going on in the heavenlies. And I don't know if you understand this, but there's really three heavens talked about in the Bible. So there's that atmosphere that we look at when we look at the beautiful blue skies and the clouds and, and we pray to God and we look to heaven. That's that first level of heaven. But then there's that second level, and that's where spiritual warfare is going on. That's where Satan himself was kicked out. He, we'll talk about this later. He was a cherub that God actually made. His name was Lucifer. He was one of the archangels, and he was kicked out of heaven. And he was thrown into that second level of heaven. And listen, that's that atmosphere that sometimes you feel spiritual warfare. That's literally where demonic forces and Satan and evil wickedness and angels, we'll talk about that later in the book of Daniel and the book of Ezekiel, we'll reference that because literally there's spiritual warfare going on in that realm. But then my friend, there's the throne room. There's the throne room of God in Revelation 4 and all through the book of Revelation where our God is seated and Jesus is on the right hand of God the Father. He has conquered all wickedness. He has conquered demonic forces. He is sitting at peace. The war is won. But in our day, 
we will encounter spiritual warfare. And that's where that's going on. That's where you're going to take power and authority by putting on the full armor of God. You know, I want to uh, just close every week with you with just a, a few coaching questions. So I want to give you some assignments in our conclusion today. And I wanted to ask you to ask yourself these three questions. Number one, I want you to ask yourself, who are you wrestling with in the physical realm? Who are you wrestling with in the physical realm? Listen, I told you, we do not wrestle with flesh and blood. Your war is not against your husband. Your war is not against your child or your colleague. I told you we do wrestle. It's not with flesh and blood, but it's with principalities and powers and evil rulers. So stop and ask yourself right now, who is Satan using to disguise who my war is with? I just had a fight with my husband. I'm angry at my child. I'm mad at my colleagues. I'm angry with myself. I'm going through depression, anxiety, temptation. All those things I just coached you with, that's not your real war. So identify who you're fighting with in the physical realm because you've got to realize that is not who your war is against. Satan is trying to use that to take you out, but that's not your war. Your war is against Satan. Know who your enemy is and who your enemy is not. It is not your spouse. It is not your child. It is not your colleague. It is Satan himself. Do battle with the right enemy. And then ask yourself this, in what ways does the enemy have a stronghold over you? In what ways does the enemy have a stronghold over you? And maybe you just say, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I don't want to get in the battle. I don't even know where to go. I don't know the Bible like you do, Tammy. I don't even know what to do. He's got a stronghold over you. You have to break that stronghold. You have to know the word of God. You have to decree the word of God. You've got to put on the armor of God. And you have to say, Satan, you're a liar. You have no authority over me. Greater, as I said, is he in me. He has won the victory. He is seated on the throne. And you have to start breaking these strong holds, these besetting sins, these lies in your life, you've got to pick up, we're going to talk about that shield and that sword, and you're going to do warfare with the enemy. And then the third question I'd like you to ask yourself is what steps can you take to not react to the enemy's strategies? So the other day, my husband and I were having a discussion and it went from a discussion to an argument. Can you believe that? The pastor and his wife actually had an argument. And halfway through it, I said, uh-uh, baby, you know what? The enemy is trying to bring an argument to our discussion. And I think because I've been preparing for this the last few weeks, I'm well aware of it. And it, and it went from this little debate to a little heated. And I said, honey, right now I'm stopping. I'm going to tell you that I love you. You are so handsome. I am so in love with you. And baby, you might even be right on this one. And I literally realized the enemy was trying to bring an argument to our marriage. And I had to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. And I literally gave him a big old kiss on the cheek. And he looked at me like, where did that come from? I said, I refuse to fight with you because baby, my battle's not with you. My battle is with the enemy and he is not gonna bring division in our marriage. You have to start to identify the areas that the enemy is trying to bring warfare to you. And when you have the full armor on, as we're going to talk about in the next few weeks, you'll realize his tactics. It may be a few minutes into it, but you'll realize his tactics and you will not let him win. I want to end with a, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and we're going to go deeper in this in a few weeks, but memorize this verse and learn this verse. It's in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 3 through 5. 
It says, for though we walk in the world, we do not wage war in the world. For the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. What I want to coach you in the next few weeks is to learn how to realize who your enemy is and who your enemy is not. And to take every thought captive by renewing your mind. To catch it quick enough to not make your family, your loved ones, and the things around you to be your enemy, to let Satan himself be your enemy and know him well enough to have on the spiritual warfare and do battle with him. Well, guys, we are in for a interesting six weeks together. And there'll be some weeks where it's just really like, you're going to be, feel so empowered. There'll be some that you're going to go, whoa, that was deeper than I thought. But again, I, I really feel like as a coach and a pastor to you, I have to take you deep in scripture and I have to help coach you and teach you how to literally do battle in these days. So I'm excited about next week. We're going to talk about next week, putting on the belt. We're going to talk about the breastplate, which is our righteousness, the belt, which is truth. And we're going to go deeper in spiritual warfare together. So stand strong. Would you do me a favor? Would you share this with your friends and loved ones? Now, I don't know if you're watching me through an email we sent you or if you're on um, a podcast or you're on my YouTube channel. But would you please, 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 would you go to my YouTube channel and would you like it? Because I, I really feel when we share these through YouTube with one another, it helps get out there in that whole realm of YouTube and people may stumble upon this and say, wow, I, I didn't know who she was, but I really like that video. You're helping me spread the word of God through YouTube. So if you'll share that, I'd really appreciate it. And stay tuned. We'll be together. Uh, for week two of Stand Strong. I love you. I'm praying for you and know that God's got great days ahead. So have a great day. God bless you guys. Bye-bye.